chapter fifteen of the garys and their friends by frank webb this librivox recording is in the public domain mrs stevens gains a triumph the garys had now become thoroughly settled in philadelphia and amongst the people of colour had obtained a very extensive and agreeable acquaintance at the south mr gary had never borne the reputation of an active person having an ample fortune and a thoroughly southern distaste for labour he found it by no means inconvenient or unpleasant to have so much time at his disposal his newspaper in the morning a good book a stroll upon the fashionable promenade and a ride at dusk enabled him to dispose of his time without being oppressed with ennui it was far happier for him that such was his disposition as his domestic relations would have been the means of subjecting him to many unpleasant circumstances from which his comparative retirement in a great measure screened him once or twice since his settlement in the north his feelings had been ruffled by the sneering remarks of some of his former friends upon the singularity of his domestic position but his irritation had all fled before the smiles of content and happiness that beamed from the faces of his wife and children mrs gary had nothing left to wish for she was surrounded by every physical comfort and in the enjoyment of frequent intercourse with intelligent and refined people and had been greatly attracted toward esther ellis with whom she had become very intimate one morning in november these two were in the elegant little bedroom of mrs gary where a fire had been kindled as the weather was growing very chilly and disagreeable it begins to look quite like autumn said mrs gary rising and looking out of the window the chrysanthemums are drooping and withered and the dry leaves are whirling and skimming through the air i wonder she continued if the children were well wrapped up this morning oh yes i met them at the corner on their way to school looking as warm and rosy as possible what beautiful children they are little em has completely won my heart it really seems a pity for her to be put on the shelf as she must be soon how what do you mean asked mrs gary oh this will explain archly rejoined esther as she held up to view one of the tiny lace-trimmed frocks that she was making in anticipation of the event that has been previously hinted mrs gary laughed and turned to look out of the window again do you know i found little lizzie stevens your neighbour's daughter shivering upon the steps in a neighbouring street fairly blue with cold she was waiting there for clarence and em i endeavoured to persuade her to go on without them but she would not from what i could understand she waits for them there every day her mother cannot be aware of it then for she has forbidden her children to associate with mine rejoined mrs gary i wonder she permits her little girl to go to the same school i don't think she knows it or it is very likely she would take her away has she ever spoken to you since the night of her visit asked esther never i have seen her a great many times since she never speaks nor do i there she goes now that continued mrs gary with a smile is another illustration of the truthfulness of the old adage talk of well i won't say who and he is sure to appear and thus speaking she turned from the window and was soon deeply occupied in the important work of preparing for the expected little stranger mrs gary was mistaken in her supposition that mrs stevens was unaware that clarence and little em attended the same school to which her own little girl had been sent 
for the evening before the conversation we have just narrated she had been discussing the matter with her husband here said she to him is miss jordan's bill for the last quarter i shall never pay her another i am going to remove lizzie from that school remove her what for i thought i heard you say jewel that the child got on excellently well there that she improved very fast so she does as far as learning is concerned but she is sitting right next to one of those gary children and that is an arrangement i don't at all fancy i don't relish the idea of my child attending the same school that niggers do so i have come to the determination to take her away i should do no such thing coolly remarked mr stevens i should compel the teacher to dismiss the garys or i should break up her school those children have no right to be there whatever i don't care a straw how light their complexions are they are niggers nevertheless and ought to go to a nigger school they are no better than any other colored children i'll tell you what you can do jewel continued he call on mrs kinney the ross and one or two others and induce them to say that if miss jordan won't dismiss the garys that they will withdraw their children and you know if they do it will break up the school entirely if it was any other person's children but his i would wink at it but i want to give him a fall for his confounded haughtiness just try that plan jewel and you will be sure to succeed i'm not so certain about it stevens miss jordan i learn is very fond of their little m i must say i cannot wonder at it she is the most lovable little creature i ever saw i will say that if her mother is a nigger yes jewel all that may be but i know the world well enough to judge that when she becomes fully assured that it will conflict with her interest to keep them she will give them up she is too poor to be philanthropic and i believe has sufficient good sense to know it well i'll try your plan said mrs stevens i will put matters in train to-morrow morning early the next morning mrs stevens might have been seen directing her steps to the house of mrs kinney with whom she was very intimate she reached it just as that lady was departing to preside at a meeting of a female missionary society for evangelizing the patagonians i suppose you have come to accompany me to the meeting said she to mrs stevens as soon as they had exchanged the usual courtesies oh dear no i wish i was she replied i've got a troublesome little matter on my hands and last night my husband suggested my coming to ask your advice respecting it george has such a high opinion of your judgment that he would insist on my troubling you mrs kinney smiled and looked gratified at this tribute to her importance and moreover continued mrs stevens it's a matter in which your interest as well as our own is concerned mrs kinney now began to look quite interested and untying the strings of her bonnet exclaimed dear me what can it be knowing said mrs stevens that you entertain just the same sentiments that we do relative to associating with colored people i thought i would call and ask if you were aware that miss jordan receives colored as well as white children in her school why no my dear mrs stevens you astound me i hadn't the remotest idea of such a thing it is very strange my children never mentioned it oh children are so taken up with their play they forget such things rejoined mrs stevens now continued she husband said he was quite confident you would not permit your children to continue their attendance after this knowledge came to your ears we both thought it would be a pity to break up the poor girl's school by withdrawing our children without first ascertaining if she would expel the little darkies i knew if i could persuade you to let me use your name as well as ours and say that you will not permit your children to continue at her school unless she consents to our wishes she knowing the influence you possess would i am sure accede to our demands immediately oh you are perfectly at liberty to use my name mrs stevens and say all that you think necessary to effect your object 
but do excuse me for hurrying off she continued looking at her watch i was to have been at the meeting at ten o'clock and now it is half-past i hope you won't fail to call and let me know how you succeed and with her heart overflowing with tender care for the poor patagonian mrs kinney hastily departed that settled soliloquized mrs stevens with an air of intense satisfaction as she descended the steps her four children would make a serious gap in the little school and now then continued she for the roths mrs stevens found not the slightest difficulty in persuading mrs roth to allow her name to be used in connection with mrs kinney's in the threat to withdraw their children if the little garys were not immediately expelled mrs roth swore by mrs kinney and the mere mention of that lady's name was sufficient to enlist her aid thus armed mrs stevens lost no time in paying a visit to miss jordan's school as she entered the busy hum of childish voices was somewhat stilled and lizzie stevens touched little em who sat next her and whispered there is my mother mrs stevens was welcomed very cordially by miss jordan who offered her the seat of honour beside her your school seems quite flourishing she remarked after looking around the room and i really regret being obliged to make a gap in your interesting circle i hope you don't intend to deprive me of your little girl inquired miss jordan i should regret to part with her not only because i am very fond of her but in consideration of her own interest she is coming on so rapidly oh i haven't the slightest fault to find with her progress that said she is not the reason i have another of much more weight of course every one is at liberty to do as they choose and we have no right to dictate to you what description of scholars you should receive but if they are not such as we think proper companions for our children you can't complain if we withdraw them i really do not understand you mrs stevens said the teacher with an astonished look i have none here but the children of the most respectable persons they are all as well behaved as school-children generally are i do not allude to behaviour that for all that i know to the contrary is irreproachable it is not character that is in question but colour i don't like my daughter to associate with coloured children coloured children repeated the now thoroughly bewildered teacher coloured children my dear madam continued she smiling some one has been hoaxing you i have no coloured pupils i could not be induced to receive one on any account i am very glad to hear you say so rejoined mrs stevens for that convinces me that my fears were groundless i was under the impression you had imbibed some of those pestilent abolition sentiments coming into vogue i see you are not aware of it but you certainly have two coloured scholars and there said she pointing to clarence is one of them clarence who with his head bent over his book was sitting so near as to overhear a part of this conversation now looked up and found the cold malignant grey eyes of mrs stevens fastened on him he looked at her for a moment and apparently resumed his studies the poor boy had when she entered the room an instinctive knowledge that her visit boded no good to them he was beginning to learn the anomalous situation he was to fill in society he had detested mrs stevens ever since the night she had ejected him so rudely from her house and since then had learned to some extent what was meant by the term nigger woman you must certainly be misinformed responded miss jordan i know their father he has frequently been here he is a southerner a thorough gentleman in his manners and if ever a man was white i am sure he is have you seen their mother asked mrs stevens significantly no i never have replied miss jordan she is in poor health but she must unquestionably be a white woman a glance at the children ought to convince you of that it might if i had not seen her and did not know her to be a coloured woman you see my dear miss jordan continued she in her blandest tone 
i am their next-door neighbour and have seen their mother twenty times and more she is a coloured woman beyond all doubt i never could have dreamed of such a thing exclaimed miss jordan as an anxious look overspread her face then after a pause she continued i do not see what i am to do it is really too unfortunate i don't know how to act it seems unjust and unchristian to eject two such children from my school because their mother has the misfortune to have a few drops of african blood in her veins i cannot make up my mind to do it why you yourself must admit that they are as white as any children in the room i am willing to acknowledge they are but they have nigger blood in them notwithstanding and they are therefore as much niggers as the blackest and have no more right to associate with white children than if they were black as ink i have no more liking for white niggers than for black ones the teacher was perplexed and turning to mrs stevens and said imploringly this matter seems only known to you let me appeal to your generosity say nothing more about it i will try to keep your daughter away from them if you wish but pray do not urge me to the performance of an act that i am conscious would be unjust mrs stevens's face assumed a severe and disagreeable expression i hoped you would look at this matter in a reasonable light and not compel those who would be your friends to appear in the light of enemies if this matter was known to me alone i should remove my daughter and say nothing more about it but unfortunately for you i find that by some means or other both mrs kinney and mrs roth have become informed of the circumstance and are determined to take their children away i thought i would act their friend's part by you and try to prevail on you to dismiss these two coloured children at once i so far relied upon your right judgment as to assure them that you would not hesitate for a moment to comply with their wishes and i candidly tell you that it was only by my so doing that they were prevented from keeping their children at home to-day miss jordan looked aghast at this startling intelligence if mrs roth and mrs kinney withdrew their patronage and influence her little school the sole support of her mother and herself would be well-nigh broken up she buried her face in her hands and sat in silence for a few seconds then looking at mrs stevens with tearful eyes exclaimed god forgive me if it must be so nothing but the utter ruin that stares me in the face if i refuse induces me to accede to your request i am sorry that you distressed yourself so much about it you know you are your own mistress and can do as you choose said mrs stevens but if you will be advised by me you will send them away at once after school i will hesitatingly replied miss jordan i hate to appear so pressing resumed mrs stevens but i feel it my duty to suggest that you better do it at once and before the rest of the scholars i do not wish to inform you to what extent this thing had gone but it really has been talked of in many quarters and it is generally supposed that you are cognizant of the fact that the garys are coloured therefore you see the necessity of doing something at once to vindicate yourself from the reproach of abolitionism at the pronunciation of this then terrible word in such connection with herself miss jordan turned quite pale and for a moment struggled to acquire sufficient control of her feelings to enable her to do as mrs stevens suggested at last bursting into tears she said oh i cannot will not do it i'll dismiss them but not in that unfeeling manner that i cannot do the children were now entirely neglecting their lessons and seemed much affected by miss jordan's tears of which they could not understand the cause she observing this rang the bell the usual signal for intermission mrs stevens satisfied with the triumph she had effected took leave of miss jordan after commending her for the sensible conclusion at which she had arrived and promising to procure her two more pupils in the room of those she was about to dismiss miss jordan was a long time writing the note that she intended sending to mr gary and one of the elder girls returned to the schoolroom wondering at the unusually long time that had been given for recreation 
tell clarence and his sister to come here said she to the girl who had just entered and whilst they were on their way upstairs she folded the note and was directing it when clarence entered clarence said she in a soft voice put on your hat i have a note of some importance for you to take to your father your father remember don't give it to any one else taking out her watch she continued it is now so late that you would scarcely get back before the time for dismissal so you'd better take little emily home with you i hope ma'am i haven't done anything wrong asked clarence oh no quickly replied she you're a dear good boy and have never given me a moment's pain since you came to the school and she hurried out into the hall to avoid farther questioning she could not restrain the tears as she addressed little em whose eyes were large with astonishment at being sent home from school at so early an hour teacher is school out asked she no dear not quite i wanted to send a note to your pa and so i have let clary go home sooner than usual replied miss jordan kissing her repeatedly whilst the tears were trickling down her cheek don't cry teacher i love you said the little blue-eyed angel whose lip began to quiver in sympathy don't cry i'll come back again to-morrow this was too much for the poor teacher who clasped the child in her arms and gave way to a burst of uncontrollable sorrow at last conquering herself with an effort she led the children downstairs kissed them both again and then opening the door she turned them forth into the street turned away from her school these two little children such as god received into his arms and blessed because they were the children of a nigger woman End of chapter fifteen